Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for being here. Have a really fascinating interview for you this week. Feel like I always say interesting, so we're gonna go with fascinating this week. And I am interviewing Lynn Han. Now, Lynn Han, he is an inventor. We're gonna talk a lot about some of the inventions he's created, um, cat toys, medical devices. Um, but the big one we're gonna talk about is his running shoe. He spent almost 20 years, actually maybe more than 20 years, uh, developing this shoe. Um, it's good for you know runners and also for people who are having stability and and pain issues. Um, it's a really cool looking shoe. It's got a hinge to it. It's got an ellipse that goes up and down. Um, I'm going to link to the page um, in the, the info section here so you can see what it looks like. It is on Kickstarter at the moment as well. Um, good for, like I, like I was mentioning, and, and he'll mention whether you're, you know, a professional runner or just somebody who wants to you know, walk through the mall without some pain. It's it's uh, it's a cool product. Uh, the reason I had him on is just you can hear the passion behind uh, what it took to to create this product. Uh, Twenty years um, in the making. It, it started with him actually running um, barefoot on a moving walkway in the uh, Chicago airport, um, and and just liking the the dynamics behind that and trying to get it um, on a shoe. He's going to talk about that. Um, that's the reason I had him on. You know, it's not a, a big commercial for the shoe, although it does seem like a, a pretty cool shoe and something that I, I would urge you to check out. Um, but but I, I had him on because I think it's it's just cool to, to hear the perspective of an inventor and why they, you know, create things that no one knew was needed and then they find that need and they go out and they be creative and, and create an entire new product. So really cool. Um, you can hear the passion behind all of this with with Lynn and, and just the the motivation that he had to, to create this to better running and better comfort. Um, you're you're going to learn more about shoes than you ever thought that you needed to know, but I will promise you that it is a fascinating conversation, fascinating to hear about this. Um, he certainly didn't disappoint um, when it comes to just sh- telling us about the, you know, the, the shoe world, the inventor world, and, and just a very interesting person. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lynn Han. I am here today with Lynn Han. Lynn, how are you? I am good. I'm, I'm very good, Jackson. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, yeah, thanks so much for joining me. So obviously, we're going to talk all about um, hand shoes and, and what all that entails. But before that, tell us just a little bit about yourself um, outside of this shoe, the shoe endeavor. I know that it's something you've been working on for a while, but when you're not working on shoes, what are some of the other things that you that you do? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm an engineer, um, you know, back at the dawn of my career, I did telephony and uh, worked in other kinds of, um, uh, you know, computer oriented jobs. Uh, I've done um, medical work. Um, and then, you know, when we moved here to Indiana, I'm in, I'm in uh, Northwest Indiana now, oh, wow. uh, moved from Chicago West suburbs to Valparaiso. Hmm. Um, and my wife's best friend lives in Fort Wayne, by the way. Very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, other than the work-related stuff, um, I'm, I'm a big adventure sports guy. Hmm. And I, 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 I got my pilot's license in high school. Um, in college, I uh, started skiing and then quickly progressed into ski racing, downhill ski racing. And then I did that for 12 years. Um, at a, getting to a fairly high level, ultimately. Um, just after college, I started uh, skydiving and, and did that for 20 years and, and have just, just under a thousand jumps. Mm. And um, after, so like, you know, after that, my brother graduated college and moved to Florida. And so of course he started scuba diving and I did too. And we're both divers, active divers. Uh, we just took my three kids to uh, Key Largo this summer uh, and got them certified. That's awesome. And, and, and they're 14, 11, and 11. It turns out you can get certified when you're 10. Huh. So they really love that. And um, in, in the midst of all these other things, I, I did about 
uh, six years of, of fairly active rock climbing. I've inline skated, I bike raced, um, I motorcycle road raced for a while. Uh, I've always had sports cars and have been involved in that. So, you know, kind of, kind of a general adventure sports fan. And yeah. the way that I, um, the way that I get that, you know, adrenaline kick now, you know, trying to, you know, live on the very edge is, uh, is I have, you know, I have the three kids. Three kids. Yeah. They, the dad of the three they, kids. So they might be more of an adventure sport than anything else you've done. <laughs> I know. I know every, everything else I've done up till now, you know, has trained me to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, the three kids. I don't want to gloss over that. Um, you are from Indiana. I, I think that based on, on, you know, what you were saying, you realize I'm in Indiana too. Um, yes. yeah, I, I was checking out your website and you know, you talked about being, an inventor. So what other things had you invented? Okay. So boy, now we're getting into stuff that I've actually never gotten into in any, in any podcast or, or discussion. Well, that's the um, idea. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I started. I, so, so back when I was in the computer industry, I, the very first thing was um, I started with earmuffs that had stereo built in. You know that had like that had uh, headphones built in to a to a winter warming your ears type earmuff, mm-hmm. and I sold that idea to uh, Kloss, you know mm-hmm. the stereo company, and and it, it never really went anywhere. But I made a little bit of money on that. After that, I uh, believe it or not got into um, working in food cooling. As something came up about you know the spoilage that you can get even by putting uh, uh, food into it. My wife's a dietitian. So, you know, we have those conversations about, you know, the food industry and, and I got into food cooling. And so I came up with some passive cooling devices that, that I actually licensed um, and did, you know, they were going, they were headed to market, but it turned out that if you put another pot, on, you know, if, if you put it in a middle shelf and put another pot right on top of it, it stopped the airflow enough that it wouldn't it wouldn't cool in the legally mandated time, and we never we never took it to market. Um, another thing I did, believe it or not, was was a magnetically driven cat toy. Huh. It was a, it was a pendulum. It was a pendulum with like a little mouse on it and three magnets in the base on a scratch pad base, and when you batted at the mouse, it would bounce energetically and jump around and you know freak the cat out and the cat would attack it and come back, you know, time after time to play with it. And I licensed that to a company and it did fairly well for a while. It floated my boat. And then, and then the shoe, I started working on the shoe. Holy cow, back in college. Okay. Um, I was bread knifing shoes apart, you know, running shoes. I was a recreational runner all those years and I was bread knifing shoes apart, you know, when I thought they were particularly interesting just to see, well, what's going on with this one? Why is it, why is it working? Why is it not working? And at the same time, I was, uh, you know, working on running my first full marathon in, in those years and never quite getting there because of injury or something. Um, but in 95, I finally finished my first full marathon. And that kind of kicked off my, my footwear career. Yeah. Was, you know, achieving that milestone. Right. And uh, one guy sent me a paper that he wrote. He, uh, when the cat toy came out, he sent me a paper he wrote. He had gotten the patent for the cat toy and done his master's thesis on the psychology of a cat toy inventor. Huh. And he never, he never interviewed me or anything. It was just the toy and the, um, and the, uh, um, and the patent. And he just, you know, he just, he just went from there. He just, he just, you know, speculated on what kind of a person would do this, you know, and yeah, and it was pretty was he, funny. Was he, was he very close? Oh, he was spot on. <laughs> he, was to, he was totally spot on. I, I sent him an autographed copy, you know, and said, Hey, you know, great. A, you did a, you did an awesome job here. Um, it was fun. Um, you know, and then, and then the old saying that necessity is the mother of invention, you know, that, that, that you, you know, you invent things that you would use yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's the truest thing for me. Right. Yeah. So I do want to talk about your shoes. Um, 
and just the the story behind creating it. You know, you, you have a really fascinating story on your website. If you could just share just a little bit of that story of how you this this idea sparked and and how you decided to make a shoe that's that's quite a bit different than any other running shoe that's on the market. Um, you know, how much time do we have? It's a, it's a, it's an in-depth story or it can be. Um, I mentioned, you know, that I completed my first marathon in 95 finally. And the way that I did that, uh, was to join CARA, uh, Chicago area runners association who has a summer marathon training program that is exactly and precisely the same every time you do it. And, um, using that methodology, that program, I've, I've done 21 marathons at this point in my life, uh, 16 Chicago's. Um, and they were all, you know, it, during the CARA timeframe, I, I, um, I was a pace group leader for them, which means that, that I led the 10 minute pace group, a mid pack runner, you know, mid, mid pack speed. I led the 10 minute pace group, um, for 17 years. Mm. And, and so I've, I've, I've taught hundreds of runners how to, how to run marathons, including my wife, who was in my, who was in my pace group one year. And, you know, um, and, you know, here we are three kids later and, and, and a bunch of years, uh, it worked out, you know, running has been good to me. Yeah, um, <laughs> it has. And, uh, and so at the same time that, that I was, you know, had completed the first marathon and then I was 95, 96, I completed the second marathon. Um, I'm also traveling a lot. I'm traveling a lot for work. And remember I, I, you know, I was, I, I, I had the pilot's license from high school. I was an engineer. I was, um, ski racing and, uh, skydiving, all of those things, a bunch rock climbing. So, I'm kind of a gear, you know, a gear sport um, fan, a gear sport, you know, aficionado, if you want to put it that way. And so I'm traveling for work and O'Hare Airport on the lower level still has, um, I think there's five segments of moving walkway going both ways for the parking level, you know, to get to the elevators, to go to parking. You know, if you're if you parked in the in the in the, you know, in the parking there and at that time, they're they're solid metal tread now, like a, like an escalator. But at that time, they were um, it was a black rubber moving walkway made by Dunlop. Mm -hmm. And one time I stopped and talked with the guys. They had the, the equipment bay open. And I, I got down in there and, and said, hey, can I take pictures, you know? And I, I took some pictures of everything. And, and they showed me how that roller with that 200 and what, 20 foot belt, something like that, um, was tensioned to 3,000 pounds, okay? So like, you know, a small SUV holding the belt tight, right? That kind of weight, that kind of tension. And the sides of the belt, the belt was only, I don't know, the belt was less, you know, like three quarters of an inch thick. And the sides of it rolled on rollers, ball bearing rollers, but the middle of it, there was nothing supporting you when you walked on it other than the belt tension. And so I would walk on this belt and just notice this most amazing sort of floaty, sort of springy, like a really taut little trampoline feeling. And I would think, wow, that's, that's really unique. That's, you know, I mean, unique in the real sense of the word. Like I've never felt anything like this anywhere else. You stand on a, on a regular trampoline and they move a lot. They move a lot. They're, they're designed to throw you 10 feet in the air, 15 feet in the air, right? Um, this thing, you know, I don't think you could jump very high on it, but, but every now and then I would uh, put down my, my, my bags and stuff and I would run on it, you know? It's like, wow, that's kind of cool. Well, one weekend... In, I think, August in 97, I put on my running clothes and drove up to O'Hare with a cooler of Gatorade and stuff. And I went down, I parked, you know, and I went to the, uh, to the parking level. And I, I was, I was going to run on those belts. I was going to go do a run. And that evening, just by chance, you know, um, all the belts were stopped which is fine, you know, and, and the guys were working on them in the equipment closet. And I said, Hey, do you care if I, 
run on these belts. And this was po- before 9-11. And they're like, yeah, sure, bud, whatever floats your boat, you know, <laughs> rock your socks off. And so I put down the Gatorade and, and my towel and I took my shoes off and started running. And I had the laps, I had the distance measured out and I, I, I uh, had, knew how many laps would equate to a half marathon. And, and about an hour into it, okay, uh, I'm, I'm running along barefoot on these belts and it is glorious. It is, it felt, you know, I'm running all the way out, all the way back, all the way out, all the way back. It felt like the whole thing was kind of going downhill every direction, you know, that I ran. And the, 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 I felt light and fast and, you know, good, good leg turnover speed and everything you want as a runner. And that's at the one hour mark. And as I closed in on the half marathon, I, I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, wow, you know, normally a half marathon for me would have been about, you know, 220 to 230 uh, out on a road race. Um, and I'm coming in just barely over two, just barely over two. And I'm like, this thing, this thing rocks, you know, I wish I had one of these 26 miles long, you know, that, that I could uh, go do a marathon on. And, and I, I finished just over two and, you know, I'm wiping the sweat off and drinking a little Gatorade and, and it just kind of hit me all at once. It's like, whatever this is going on here, I got to figure it out and I got to put it into a shoe. I've got to put this into a shoe because this was wonderful. And, and that was 97. And the first shoe that I actually ran a full marathon in was 2002. So five years later. So, yeah, I mean, I did, you, you're talking about this story in, in 1997 and that your, your Kickstarter is, is starting here relatively soon. So what caused you, I guess, to stay this committed to this, to this for the last 20 plus years to finally get it, get it to market? Okay. That's a really good question. Um, my, my brother, my, my license plate in Illinois said tenacious, hmm. you know, um, that's, that, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, and why? Well, okay. So let's look at that. So I ran on this belt in 97 and, and I had been at the same time, I had been writing off to biomechanics experts and asking for papers that they had written that I'd seen the synopsis of these papers said, could you send me this paper and that one? And, you know, I'm sending off checks and money and, self-addressed stamped envelopes and getting these papers back. And sometimes these guys, you know, these, these researchers are wonderful people. And, you know, the the guy would say, Oh, you know, if you like, if you wanted this paper, well, here's four others that are related to it, you know, enjoy these two, you know, and, and um, I was amassing a pretty comprehensive collection of biomechanical research on what the body needs to do to run efficiently. Okay. And I'm also at the same time talking, you know, when I would go to races, I'm talking to the front runners about their shoes. What do they like? What don't they like? Um, I'm talking to orthopedic surgeons, you know, what kinds of injuries do you see with running shoes, you know, and how do you think we could correct them? Um, And, you know, and, and physical therapists and chiropractors and people like that. And so I've got all this data. I'm starting to form some big impressions. And I've got that experience with that belt that was like the shining star, you know, the, the leading me, my North Star leading me onward, okay? Um, and I started working on materials research, like is there a foam that would do this the way I want it to? Turns out not really. Um, I had shoes made out of halves of racquetballs, okay? Um, you know, just to, to, to see would that kind of a structure give me the resilience I'm looking for. And it worked okay. You know, I had a shoe that I ran 10K on. And then um, we can't see this. We can't see this on the podcast. But, but here's, a, uh, here's a shoe that, that has a ginormous air unit glued to it. Uh. That, that I, uh, a friend of mine who was a parachute rigger and I designed this. And, and you know, it's got a, an inner tube, a bicycle inner tube running through it, and you can inflate it um, to about 16 pounds, and it runs pretty well. I did, uh, I did it a couple 10Ks. With so it's thing. square on the bottom. I guess my question to that would be, 
were you kind of just looking at it and, and seeing whether this technology would work or did you think if that worked that you were going to create a square shoe? Oh no, no, no. That's just the prototype. You know, yeah. I would have to make a shoe, a shoe shaped shoe, yeah. obviously. <laughs> um, but you know, that was the easiest way to be able to encapsulate the air as right. a prototype thing. And the only problem with it was it was heavy, you um, know, but, the resiliency was good. It, 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 I was trying to remember, I'm trying to capture that feeling of that belt. Okay. Right. Well, then I got, you know, I, I decided to bite the bullet. I knew it was coming. Um, and I started looking at composite structures, you know, uh, glass and carbon fiber kinds of things. Hmm. And I had, I had, you know, I had prototypes that looked like a lasagna noodle, you know, like if you stack lasagna noodles on top of each other, and mm -hmm. squeeze them. They're actually pretty springy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe where I got that observation. So I was trying to make that out of, out of composite, you know, and that didn't really work out, although it pointed in a direction. And so finally I ended up carving and sanding um, shapes, mandrels, forms out of wood, and then covering them with release tape. And I got, um, I got pre-impregnated, glass epoxy cloth and wrapped that around the forms and then wrapped that with shrink tape and cooked it in my oven like it was a pan of cookies and and what i have here what i have here is a uh is an ellipse an ellipse like a, a like if you were to take a cylinder like a, a cardboard tube maybe out of the paper towel roll and flatten it okay all the way till it's flat and then let it spring open it's mm -hmm. kind of a, uh, you know, uh, an ellipse shape, okay, mm -hmm. a flattened circle, and it turns out that, and and they're they're I'm skipping through some time frames here. My first ones were were smaller. Uh, they didn't really give me what I wanted, um, but then I had some conversation. Remember, I'm a ski racer. I had some conversation with some ski racing engineers at a trade show about how do you get good edge hold, good torsional stability? How do you get good edge hold on a racing ski on a fast, icy race course? And, you know, you, 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 you see these guys in their element and you ask them that kind of a question. We were there for two hours. <laughs> okay. Uh, filling me in on all the details about how you, how you build a composite, racing skis so that it's got that good torsional stability well that was you know i connected those dots for myself that was the key to being able to build these longer and taller and still have really good lateral stability okay on the suspension element and so now what i've done is something you can't do with foam so if you imagine, you know, like the, the foam that you use in a running shoe, the easy way to imagine that if you're not a running shoe engineer or a foam engineer, yeah. material scientist, imagine a cube of jello mm -hmm. on a plate. Okay. So you've got your cube of jello on a plate and everyone's done that. And you, you turn it and it, it wobbles, you know? Um, and here's the, here's the interesting thing. If you try to press on it. Okay. If you try to press on that cube of jello, what you discover is it wants to go everywhere. It wants to, to fold and, and, and tilt every possible direction. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine trying to stand on that, okay? Um, it wouldn't work. It would be an unpleasant experience. Well, that's what happens in your foam running shoes, especially the really thick ones. And that's why the really thick foam running shoes have such a wide sole. They're trying to stabilize your ankle, okay, with that really wide sole. And it works, okay. You know, it's a whole different flavor of running shoe and I, I like them i like the hoka shoes and and the various versions that are similar to that um but okay our shoe so what we've got here with this folded ellipse this this flattened circle this ellipse composite you know that that rings like a bell okay you can't squeeze it with your fingers but if you stand on it vertically it moves very easily very fluidly you know you can bounce on it and it's kind of fun okay? and, that, and that's that same hard thing is in your shoe correct it is the best you can describe what you're showing you don't want me to describe it because i you're, you're not going to like whatever terminology i have <laughs> sure 
No, I understand that. And, and, you know, it's like trying to describe something no one's ever seen before, really. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, what we have here looks like a, a normal running shoe, except that there's this, you know, roughly four inch long ellipse in the heel that's about an inch high. And there's a, a, a roughly a little bit more four four and a quarter inch long ellipse in the forefoot that's about, I don't know, three quarters of five eighths of an inch high. Okay. <laughs> And the forward, the forefoot suspension, okay, has a hinge. Look huh. at that. The yeah. whole shoe, the whole shoe lifts off of the, that forefoot suspension element, just like a little gymnast vault. You know, when mm-hmm. you see the gymnast run and vault off that, that vault and then, you know, tumble through the air. We're not doing the tumbling part, but we go off the vault into the next stride. And these things act, you know, in such a way on your foot as to allow you to run and it feels no kidding. I, I, I'm so happy to, to be able to say this. It, it, it feels very much like that belt that I, that I so, you know, admired back in 97. It feels like that even on concrete. So you said your question from a little while ago was yeah. what caused you to stick with this for 20 uh-huh. years. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, now we're back. Now we're up to the point where I built the shoe and I ran it in that 2002 Chicago Marathon. And it's a crazy thing. Um, I was building the shoe. I'm, I cooked the composites. I, I've got the shoe. You know, I used a stock shoe, but I'm, I'm uh, you know, cutting it and modifying it. And I was working on a, a piece to assemble the shoe I think it was like a Wednesday night, fairly late. My, my girlfriend, who I met in the, in the running program, uh, soon to be my wife, right? Uh, she's down in Florida for work. And I'm working, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And I run my thumb right through the table saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, show, still, you're showing I, me I still, a, a thumb with looks like it's got some blue and stuff in, in your thumb. That's blue shoe foam. That's my table uh, saw tattoo. That's my table saw tattoo right there. Um, you literally, your never, shoe is literally a part of you. It, blood, sweat, and tears. I had a big stripe <laughs> of blood down my t-shirt, and I yank the shirt off and wrap it around my hand, and I'm holding my arm over my head, and I call, um, I call my, you know, my wife, my girlfriend, at the time, and I say, I just ran my thumb through the table saw, and she's like, okay, you sound you sound a little like you might be in shock. I want you to go to the ER right now. And I did. And they cleaned it out and patched it up and, you know, didn't really clean it out. I still have all that blue in there. Um, but that was, that was like the, the, that was a Wednesday night. The marathon was Sunday. I finished the shoe gluing it together on Friday or no Thursday night. And then Friday I unwrapped it and I, I, I actually went, went around the block with it once. And that was it. Um, and then Sunday, I'm at, I'm at the marathon, you know, 5 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning, you know, with 30,000 other people. And I'm going to run the shoe, you know. I'm going to run this shoe that, that I had, you know, only run a, a couple blocks in before and had never existed until that week. So that was a bit of a leap of faith. I said a quick prayer, you know, on the starting line and, and um, took off with this shoe. I took off and I'm running and it was honest to goodness. It was just like the belt, uh, that belt back in 97. Um, I'm cruising along and in a marathon like Chicago, you know, it's crowded 30,000 plus people. Now it's up to 45,000 and you don't want to have to move laterally through the crowd. It slows you down. You know, you get, you get jammed up. It, It kills your gait, your pace, your rhythm. Uh, what you want to be able to do is go up diagonally through the crowd. You want to be able to advance through the crowd. And I was able to. I always seemed to have gas pedal to do it, okay? Always had the acceleration to do it. And I get to the halfway mark, and I'm looking at my watch and my little, you know, pace sheet, right? And I'm like, I'm on a, I'm on a PR pace for me. I'm on, a, I'm on a personal record for me. And I feel pretty good for the half. I'm going to pick it up a little bit, right? Let's do that. And I picked it up and lo and behold, I finished the second half of that race faster than the first half. Mm. That's called a negative split, you know, and, and 
recreational runners don't usually do that. You've got to be a, an, an elite runner, uh, an advanced runner to do that. And my last mile was the fastest mile of all huh. in the whole marathon. So clearly I had some gas left in the tank, but I was nervous about, you know, would this shoe work for me? And it did. And so in that race, my nine previous marathons, my PR in nine previous marathons with the, you know, the Kara pace group leader, exact same training every year was four hours and 38 minutes. Okay. Uh, in, in nine previous marathons in that marathon, I cut 15 minutes off 6% um, and came in at 423. Which is, which, which is huge, which is, a, sure. which is a big deal. But, but even more, it was the experience of being able to fly through that marathon. I felt like one of those advanced runners that, mm-hmm. that are always on the front of the pack, you know, and here I am in the middle of the pack. I felt pretty good. And my thought was, okay, at that time, in that race, my thought was, wow, if I can just get this thing to market so that other people can have this experience that I just had, it'll change their lives. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine, I, I couldn't imagine 20, 20 years later, 20 years later. Yeah. And I couldn't imagine, you know, running the marathon and literally every step is, is something that you created yourself. So that had to be super rewarding there just in sheer thought that you had created the shoes that you were running on. So I think that's a, a really cool thing. And obviously as, as, as what has, I guess, kept your passion so strong is, one, you know, creating something so so unique, and the other thing is is to create something that the others can benefit from. So I do think that every everyone with a, a cool story and everyone that's doing really great things normally has a great support system. You know, you've talked about your your wife, and and I, I obviously I can hear the passion that you have behind um, you know creating this, and I'm sure that came with a lot of long days and, and long nights and getting excited about something and maybe, maybe, you know, putting other things on the, on the back burner, if you will. So how, how supportive has your family been through this whole process and, and, you know, how, uh, how inviting have they been for you to, to stay engaged for, for so long? Wow. You know, this, that's a cool question. Um, it, okay. So, Back when I ran my thumb through the table saw, I was I was dating, I was dating uh, my my future wife, and it's kind of funny um, when she first showed up in 2000 in my pace group um, as one of the you know one of the 30 40 people I think it was 40 for that year um, one of the people in the pace group I I didn't know her or anything. Uh, but she later, much later, told me a story that she would call her best girlfriend uh, from college, who, and she, she went to uh, she went to Valpo here here in Valparaiso. Mm-hmm. Um, so she would call her best girlfriend, you know, after a long Saturday, you know, long run, and she would say, "Well, my fiance took us on a 16 mile run today," you know, and <laughs> and and and. and uh, and her friend would say, have you even talked with him yet? And she would say, no, <laughs> no, but I will, you know, and, and, you know, he's my fiance, we're going to get married. And I tell you, she's kind of a force of nature, you know, <laughs> in her own way. And so, and so we have been a, a pretty good little team. Um, you know, we, 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 we've stuck together throughout her career changes and my career changes and Sometimes the shoe was on the front burner, but sometimes the shoe was on a side or a back burner while I had to do other work. Um, and we have the three kids, you know, um, which, you know, ha- you know, committing to a family is a big deal. And, and we've been together 15 years now, married. Um, and so she's been, you know, a, a real piece of the support system. And so have the kids, you know, the kids love seeing all this shoe stuff and, and uh, they think it's cool. And, and, you know, all these interviews and, you know, the stuff that's been happening lately has been fun. And, and my brother, who is an engineer, um, you know, has always been a real resource for me. And some of my closest friends uh, who are also engineers, you know, um, I'll call them when I'm really down. You know, I'll call my brother and my friends when I'm really down and say, you know, I'm just really having a bad week. And and um you know, and, and this broke or, or that didn't work out the way I wanted to. And my brother will, you know, 
will sigh and he'll look me straight in the eyes and he'll say, shut up and get back to work. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, that kind of, uh, kind of cheery camaraderie, you know, it, it uh, is like, you're right, you know, just keep going, you know, and then we'll dissect whatever happened. He'll say, look, this happened and that happened and here's what you can learn from it and keep going, you know? Right. And, and I've just, you know, I've really been blessed, I think, to, to have, um, family and friends and, and, and people who, you know, can deal with having an inventor in their lives, you know, because, um, you know, there's a, I, I, somebody told me once, I, 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 I think it was the guy, I think it was Tim Leatherman. Maybe I saw him once at a trade show, the guy who invented the Leatherman collapsible pliers, you know, um, somebody said, you know, that, that it's great if you get to pick your own career, pick your own job, what you want to do. He said, it's either great or a curse or both if your job picks you. Mm. And <laughs> I, you know, I, this is, this is what I do. I, I'm always, ever since, ever since grade school, I've been sketching things to build or how something should work. Um, it's just, it's really my DNA. It's who I am. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's good to hear. And good that, that you've had such a good support system. Obviously that, that helps you excel. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret that, I think people with a passion, regardless of what it is in, whether it's shoes or sports or, you know, anything else, just being able to see someone is passionate and following that passion, I think is, is just an attractive feature. So I'm, I'm sure that's why you were uh, your, your wife's fiance before you even knew it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about the shoe when it comes to to running. So, I mean, is this just a true running shoe? Obviously, you know, people wear running shoes out to, you know, Walmart. I mean, should people that are interested in this shoe really be runners and it's not really a casual daily shoe? Well, okay. So that's also a good question. Some, some of the fall, some of the carbon shoes that are out there right now, they're pure, not even just runner shoes. They're pure elite racer shoes. Mm. Okay. I mean, not even for me, not even for, for most people. Um, but this shoe, and we've got some testimonials on our website right now, this shoe works on a person, even if they're standing still, so long as they're standing up, you know, you know how, when you're standing up, you, 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 you're, you normally kind of shift a little from side to side, you know, to relieve, you know, whatever little ache or to, to stretch yourself. Well, this shoe, even when you're standing on it, standing still, you can see the suspension quivering up and down and mm. that energy storage and release that it does, you know, 15 times a second or whatever, the more the shoe does that, the less your own muscles have to do that. Mm. Okay. So it's reducing fatigue, even if you're not moving. And some of the testimonials on our website aren't from runners. They're from mm. people who have, you know, significant pain in their days, like, you know, um, ankle or knee or knee replacement or hip or, or spine, lumbar, you know, spinal stenosis, uh, what have you. And, and some of the, the people who've worn the shoe have gotten a lot of pain relief. And, and we can't really advertise that, you know, because we haven't done a study to prove it yet. But, but the anecdotal, you know, indications are that it, it's really good for people who have some have had some pain, okay. you know, yeah. and, and, and so you know, I've put this on, on, you know, I put this on little old grandmothers and, and, uh, you know, and, and people who, you know, were carrying way too much weight and trying to reduce weight and, you know, getting them to go out and go around the block. And, and I really think, and there's a, there's a reason that, that, you know, one, one, one study we did when, when I was working with a larger company earlier on, um, one, set of results we got back was that high BMI people, you know, which is, which is body mass index, which means you're either very muscular or you're carrying a little extra weight or both. Mm -hmm. um, and lots of times, you know, you'll, you'll never see a, 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 a heavy person who isn't also really strong, you know, cause think about it, you know, you're carrying that extra weight, you're, you're weight training 24 seven. We, we got, we've gotten feedback that, 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 you know, those people really liked the shoe and, if you're carrying extra weight and you're trying to run, you know, or walk even like briskly around the block to, to lose weight, um, there's an internal sensation of shaking. And, and that internal sensation of shaking 
is unpleasant. It, it wants to tell you to sit down and take a load off, right? Um, they call, there's a word for that. It's called nociception. And the thing we found out was that our shoe was reducing that internal sensation of, of unease. And so one of our goals with this company, with this shoe, is to put it on people who would like to get up and go around the block, you know, three or four times a week, you know? Or, 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 or if they're going around the block, maybe go a mile and help them help themselves to get out there and exercise and get fresh air and lose weight. Or if they've got, you know, those physical mobility impairments that I mentioned earlier, help them to just get through their week with less pain. Right. So, so this, this could be good for, for a whole range of people, for everyone from grandma to your elite racer. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's powerful for sure to be able to, I mean, that, at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like that may be even more beneficial if, if you can create something that's, that causes, I guess, pain relief and helps running. Cause I mean, I, I don't have any numbers and there's no studies here, but I'm pretty sure there's, there's, you know, more older grandmas in pain than there are elite runners. So if you can, if you can get that market too, you're probably doing pretty good. I, I, well, and, and one of our goals in, in getting this out there is to be able to do a, a chronic pain study. You know, there's, yeah. there's lots of ways to configure those, and we would really like to do that. And, you know, it's the, my dad was an iron worker, okay? It's the people who have to go out on the job site all day long and, and look at this prototype. You know, your, 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 your people on, on, on the audio can't see this, but it's a lightweight hiking boot with suspension in it. Yeah. And we did that as a prototype. So, you know, a lightweight hiking boot, we're only one or two steps away from a steel-toed work boot, yeah. you know? And that so is, that's cool. we, would like to, we would like to build all of those. All right. Well, the next question, I guess, is a, a harder one. So maybe one that, that you wish you would have said you didn't have more time for. But, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was, I was looking at another interview you did and, and some of the comments under it. Obviously, there's always trolls. So what do you say to, to the detractors? What do you say to a, a comment that I, I had read that said, you know, there's always these new fangled inventions that are kind of fly by night and it'll go away. And, and the normal running shoe that we all know will, will just be what we, what we continue with. What do you say to that? Um, you know, that's entirely understandable. I get it as a, as a mar- you know, as, as a guy who's been running since college for a long time, who's done 21 marathons and, and, um, and trained hundreds of runners to run, you know, the running community gets, gets, is, is the, is the, is the focus of a ton of, of advertising and marketing. It's like, oh, this new shoe is going to change your life with, with this, you know, you squeeze the tongue and it tightens around your foot and all kinds of goofy stuff. And, and it never does. Mm. Nothing's changed my life so far. And it, it, you know, and, and I forget who, who it was, Hewlett or Packard from Hewlett Packard. One of those guys said the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Okay. You know, inventors love that quote because it makes them sound noble, right? And, and capable. Um, well, in this particular case, you know, um, I've at this point, okay, so, so whoever said that on, on the comments, you know, I totally get it. it you're, you're, they're not going to believe it until they actually have a pair that they can put on and try themselves. And that's fine. Okay. The people who hear this, what we're talking about, the people who've seen our website, handshoes.com, the people who've read some of the testimonials, you know, there's a picture of me and my daughter when she was, I think, three on there holding a pair of shoes, a pair of early prototypes. And, you know, she's 14 now and, and asking to drive my car. Uh, um, <laughs> You know, it's been a while and, and the people who, you know, catch this vision right off the bat, they're the people who are going to buy it now. Mm-hmm. And when they buy it now, okay, we're going to use, you know, that revenue to not only build their shoes, we're going to build more shoes uh, so that the guy who said, you know, things come and go, he can order a pair and try it out for himself and then find out you can find out that, Hey, you know, it actually is different. And, and at this point I've run 10 marathons in various versions of this shoe. Um, 
And I put it on lots and lots of, of wear testers and, and gotten their feedback and interviewed them. And, and um, I, you know, I, I, I'm really convinced it's going to have a big, useful future for people. You know, so uh, everyone who's skeptical right now, I, I don't blame them one little bit. I've been skeptical of, of goofy new products myself. So, I mean, this is probably something that you're, you're going to release on Kickstarter. may not be able to answer now, or maybe you can, but I know it's a, a question that people are naturally going to have. I mean, what, what kind of price point are people looking at to, to get involved in, in this type of shoe? Okay. So, so part of that is, you know, what it is. And part of it is, you know, what we need to be able to make, you know, to build it. Um, a carbon shoe, you know, like some of those other carbon shoes that are out there right now, generally go for about $250, $250. And the, um, the high-end non-carbon shoes are, are pushing $200, sometimes over that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're calling the retail price of this shoe, just, just, you know, so we can nail down that slot. We're calling the retail price of this thing $300, okay? But the Kickstarter, especially for the early bird um, sales, is going to start at, I think they're talking about, you know, our marketing guys um, are going to start at under 200 you know, and then it's going to go, you know, to 10, to 15, to 30, 40, 50, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to do like a, a pair of shoes for couples, you know, at a bit of a discount. There's all kinds of, uh, you know, and that's the way Kickstarter works. You know, there's, there's tiers all over the place for, right. for whatever you want to do. Right. But, Which... you know, generally the quicker, the better on, on the pricing. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel like the, the natural thing people would think is, whoa, that sounds like a lot. But I'll tell you, if you look at it in two ways, one, my brother's actually into running. I don't really know too much about it. He he definitely gets all into it and tells me all about it. But he got super excited when he was able to get some kind of some running shoe for like $200. So I know it's a it's definitely an expensive market for sure. And then also, if you're thinking about how much people pay for for pain management shoes, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I have a, a grandmother who buys, you know, $400 shoes that help, you know, help her stability. So if you think about that kind of thing, you know, that's, that's a pretty good price point, really. Well, and here's, here's the big kicker. Okay. Here's the big kicker, especially if you're a runner, um, running shoes are just like bananas. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain how, um, when you first get a banana, okay, it, it's a little green from the supermarket and you can peel it and it's edible. You know, it's not the most delicious thing you ever had, but you can eat it. And, and that's how the running shoe is. Uh, when you first put it on, it's a little too stiff. It needs a little breaking in a few miles. Well, then there's a, a few days after you've gotten your bananas, they're kind of a nice, bright, mellow yellow, right? And they're perfect and they're tasty and delicious. And that's the middle life of a shoe of a running shoe and they're good. Okay. It, it's good. You're, you're rolling out the miles and the sunshine and, and loving life, right? Life is good. Um, well, then your bananas get a few little brown spots on them and they're still pretty good. They're just a little soft on the edges, you know, but they're, they're okay. Well, that's, that's, that's your running shoe starting to take what's called a compression set. The foam starts flattening out. Okay. Internally to the foam structure. Um, but it's still okay. It's okay. Well, then your banana's got big old black spots on it and it's mushy. And, you know, now you're talking banana bread. Okay. Um, well, with your running shoes, they could still look fine. They could still look fine, but be completely worn out in the midsole. And once you hit about 400 miles in a running shoe, it will actually hurt you. You know, for, for me, if I get close to 400 miles, my knees start twinging. Um, you know, that, that the shoe is really sacked out and I got to go get new shoes, even though they look good, you know? Um, well, I have different prototypes, versions of these shoes that I have personally logged and put over 800 miles on. Okay. So if it's, if it's a $250 shoe, but I'm able to get, for example, I'm not promising this to everybody because, you know, I've seen, I've seen people who can, who can grind through a shoe in, in 200 miles, you know, but um, if, if it's a $250 shoe and you happen to get 800 miles out, out of it, 
Well, that's double the life of a normal shoe. That's two $125 shoes, which is almost cheap in that marketplace. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Obviously, if it depreciates slower, then that just makes every, every mile cheaper. So, so that makes yeah. sense. So where can, can people, let, let's, let's say they didn't, they didn't get on, in on this Kickstarter to listen to this six months from now, because obviously it's, it's here for, for the rest of time. How can, they, uh, how can they maybe look into this and how can they connect with uh, your shoes? Well, okay, so we're, we're at, just like you're holding up my hand here, we're at hand, H-A-N-N, shoes, that's H-O-E-S dot com, handshoes.com. The, the link will direct you to the Kickstarter. After the Kickstarter, depending on how many extra shoes we order, okay, we, we, we may even be able to start up e-commerce and you can just go to our website and order a pair of shoes. Very good. That would be awesome. And then have them a couple days later instead of six months later. Yeah, no, that, that, that is really cool. I'll tell you, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. We, we certainly got more into, into the dynamics of shoes than I have ever known in my life, but I really, I like it. That's, that's why I do this is to, you know, be able to, to talk to different people and learn things. So I think that, that we all learned something. So it was, it was a pleasure to speak with you. I love the passion that you have behind it. It shows, and I think that's why it's going to be successful. So, so again, well, thanks for being here. Make sure thanks. that you know people go to uh, handshoes.com or you know the the Kickstarter, and uh, and and hopefully you know we'll we'll see. Obviously, let's not shoot for forty five thousand, but we see a couple hundred people in in a Chicago marathon in hand shoes at some point. That would be awesome. That would really be great. Thank you so much, Jackson, for having me on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a great one. And that was my interview with Lynn Han. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a lot about running, a lot about inventing, and just about finding something that you're passionate about and just running with it. That's I, I think that's the big thing um, with Lynn. You know, he he found this this shoe and, and something that he wanted to create just off of, of seeing you know, the, the moving walkway and how it felt. And he knew that that would be something that, that could help and, and benefit a lot of people. So he spent the next 20 years creating it. I think that's, that's just a, a powerful thing. He's a really cool guy. I think that shows in the interview. Um, really enjoyed speaking with him. I definitely tell you, go check out uh, that shoe if it's something that you're even remotely interested, hand shoes. It's currently um, still on Kickstarter. If you're listening to this, you know, when it's posted, which is early February, um, still there. Um, if not, check out his, his website that he mentioned. And, um, you know, if it's something you're interested in, great. If, if it's not, I hope you took a lot from his story and, and just, you know, the, the creative spirit and, and the inventor spirit. Um, I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you being here. We'll see you next week. Um, definitely a, a special one next week. They're all really awesome, but I'm really proud of, of uh, next week's interview. Um, so catch you then. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.